Welcome to the YouTube Chatcast, where YouTube fans discuss what's happening in the world of YouTube. This is show number four and was recorded on Thursday, November 10th, 2005. Tonight's participants are Tasula from at YouTube.com, Michael from MichaelVox.com, Dan from YouTubeSource.com, and Scott calls in from at YouTube.com. First up, Michael discusses seeing eight people get scanned into the ellipse at a recent U2 show. Hey, you know what I was going to... I was actually... forgot to tell you this, Tasula, but last night a group of eight people got in under one scan. Are you kidding me? No way. Because they, they were all work partners, yeah. And it was actually a That's nice ridiculous. thing that they did. It was I mean, nice. nice. Calm down. All right. But it goes That's too high. What they I said. agree with Tasula. Yeah. The, the girl jumped for joy and she said, Oh my God, all my, you know, we have people from the Netherlands here at our work oh site. My God's sake. And they all went in and she was, she was really happy and she was in no way one of us. Like this was okay, her one in, show. In Portland, I'm from Greece. And then, yeah. You know, okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to walk Tasula up and a couple other people. Yeah. With different I'm, accents. Everybody just pick an accent. I've got the DNA. Even, I can do the accent. And even though I don't look Greek, I'll just go, I'm from Greece. Good. That's a good one, I'll just, you know, make a fake accent. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. She was surprised, too. I go, are you kidding me? We've heard of four. She's I've on heard seven. of three. Yeah. So there were plenty of four yesterday. Plenty of fours also. I think the fours were for people that didn't know what was happening. Like the deer in headlights at the station. If you hadn't seen it with your own eyes, though, Michael, I wouldn't believe it. Um. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And... If she hadn't pointed to all seven that were sitting there, like, couldn't believe their <laughs> luck, like, and she was, you know, she was buzzed one time only, and this was funny, because it brings up the other point, where second night, she said, was last night just the greatest, you guys? Asking all three of us, who were all disappointed, and we had to say to her, oh, you are going to love it tonight, without answering, you know, no, it sucked, <laughs> sell your ticket, too bad you're in here, go watch Lost. <laughs> but the, um, I did see another thing where you know no there's a lot of people that really we take for granted understand the process but someone got scanned and the guys the girl's husband said my wife just got front row like she, he thought literally that the arm man would take them to a front row section uh-huh. right where they'd be there and then these other two people said front row that is so great and then they gave them armbands too so that was a group of four that had no idea what was happening so that those are the probably the people that get up there with just a huge open mouth saying how did i get so close Whereas the rest of us say, yeah. you know, why so am I not against So play dumb or pretend you're from another country. Yeah, those you. that's my advice to you, is to play dumb or say you're on... Well, I've been in twice, so I, I've worn out my welcome. I, I don't have to be in again. Right. I would like to. the mixing desk, and I really liked it. It's kind of nice. I yes. actually like being at the tip on the outside of the rim. That's fine with me. Yeah. Did you see that little bit about where... Um, where I guess Sebastian Clayton implied that the band subscribed to Wire for a while? Did you read oh, about that? Oh, is that on RTE? No, yeah, I, just froze, I, I, I think Caroline said something about that. That I guess... Um, well, you yeah, that's right. Question, she she yeah. sent the link, but I wasn't that's able right. to get it to work. Yeah, you're absolutely right. i got to track that down, but apparently, right, on RTE he said that they had subscribed for a while. And we're just kind of reading it and whatnot. That's kind of funny. We can talk about the shows that we've seen. Because yes, I think all of us... Right. We could <laughs> go in order if you want. in trouble, but yeah, okay. That's <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm actually interested in hearing about Vegas because I really don't know much about what happened. I know what happened in L.A. I thought the L.A. shows were really, really good. What days of the week were you, Dan? You know what? It was the same as you. It was Tuesday, Wednesday. And I went down the the first night. I may have told you this already. I was unhappy. I was tired. I was hungry. I went to a really bad meeting at school. And it, it took forever. 
And so I got there and I sat down and I, I kind of didn't want to be there that first night. And the first night I was by the mixing desk. And then they came out, City of Blinding Lights. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they went into Vertigo. And from that moment till the end of the show, they had me. They like, they, they like pulled me in. It's like nice. Godfather time, you know? It's great when that happens. I know. And I was kind of surprised because I was the worst possible audience at that moment. And they, they completely grabbed me. It was a great, 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 great show. The best one I've seen on this tour so far. And then, wow. you know, the second night we got into the Ellipse, which was good. I don't think it was as good as the first one, actually, uh, set list-wise and all that kind of stuff. But it was a very good show, too. And Did so your opinions really agree with, with other people? Is that the same... I think so. Was and then, that the show? Was that Larry's birthday party? The right, one that you liked? and that that was a great loose party atmosphere. I bet. And then um, the second show, we were in a better place location-wise. That they were more just playing; they weren't really stopping and talking a lot and so forth. It was more just straight ahead. Good show, and they kind of stopped a little early too. I think they were trying to get out of there in some respects. Because I was kind of surprised; I was expecting two or three more songs. And the set list was a little shorter. But that was also a great show. So I you know, ended the week on a high note. And then, Tusula, you come up, right? Yep. I you went to both to Vegas. Vegas? No, I only went to Vegas, too. How was but it? I had, it, was, it was phenomenal. It was much more than I expected. Um, because I had talked to a friend that went to Vegas 1 that day, um, the following day. And they were kind of disappointed. Said, well, it was okay. It was it was just standard U2. They pulled some Elvis jokes. They did a pretty standard set list. And, you know, no real surprises. And then our show was completely surprises. You know, we had two special guests come on stage. Hey, that was can I, can I interrupt? It, it, no. Remember exactly where <laughs> you are, Tazula. Hey, Perrette is on, Dan. You want to Okay, let me him? see if I can add him. I'm afraid, Scott, that they're going to ask, like, well, what was the difference in the music? And I'm going to go, I have no freaking clue because... I, I was concerned about whatever, the water spraying guy or whatever. Okay, so I, <laughs> catching Scott up, we, we talked about L.A. a little bit. Now Tasula's kind of talking about Vegas. Who are the two guests, by the way? I really haven't read up on Vegas and what happened. Okay, well, during one, Bono spoke briefly about uh, how Mary J. Blige came out and helped them sing, and everybody clapped, and then he kind of sang a little bit, and then he said, oh, and ladies and gentlemen, Mary J. Blige. So the crowd went crazy. He kind of tricked us out a little bit. So Mary came out for one and gave a riveting performance. And then at the end of, I think it was the beginning of the first encore, sorry, he started talking about how people lose things in Las Vegas. And the night before, he had lost his falsetto, and he needed to call in for some backup. So he enlisted the help of a Las Vegas band, and then everybody started cheering. And, and he said, specifically, Brandon Flowers from The Killers. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Flowers, you know. So, and then Brandon came out and sang in a little while, with him, they, it was a true duet, meaning they would sing, they would each sing a line and go back and forth, and it was great. Cool. So that was exciting. That is pretty cool. Any unique set list stuff, or was it pretty standard other than those? Well, that was the first night in a while, I understand, that they cut the boy section and replaced it with Mysterious Ways and Until the End of the World. Right. And then the Octung Baby Zoo Station came back uh, at the end, along with the fly. And then we got bad to close the show instead of 40. So all in all, it was a good show. You think it was... It was fantastic. The energy was really, really great. What I appreciated was, since I was in seats, that's the first time I've been in seats in a little while. Um, Maybe I shouldn't say that. But since I was in seats, I was expecting (laughs) to have... You 
bitch. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll get that. But since I was in seats, I was expecting to have a lesser time, as I as I typically do when I'm not in GA. And and you don't deserve in, a lesser time, do you? No, I don't, because I'm entitled. <laughs> but anyway, when I was in Boston, for example, in seats, everybody around me, except for my sister and myself, were sitting down, and that infuriated me. And, you know, they're lucky they didn't ask me to sit down, which they didn't. But I know that other people have had that experience. And so I was expecting that in Vegas. I thought Teresa and I would be the only ones standing up in our area. That was not the case. Everyone was on their feet. And nobody sat down. I think maybe the only song that anyone sat down for was Miss Sarajevo. And I kind of, although I love that song, I kind of understand, you know, right. why people So I have a question it. for you about Mary J. Blige. Sure, so sure. I, I'm just curious what the reaction is like when, when she comes out, now that she's done it a few times. I certainly can see the overlap between the Killers and U2's audience and a, yeah. you know, a good mix there. Uh, Mary J. Blige doesn't strike me as, you know, kind of they're not going to have a lot of fans there. People are going to be, okay, well, I know the name, but do I really care that much? So what, what was it like with her? It really was a, a great reaction. It kind of surprised me for the same reason that you're bringing up. Um, no, I don't think there are a lot of crossover fans. But, I mean, people were just so excited to have somebody coming out on the stage. <laughs> you know, Dennis Sheehan got quite a quite a applause when he came out to blow out his birthday cake. You know, same thing. It's just exciting to have someone come out. And people, I mean, even if they're not big fans of hers, they do know who she is. She is, you know, she's big enough at this point. Rumor has it she can sing pretty well too, so she was helps. wonderful. She was wonderful. I'm not I'm not a big fan of people stepping on U2 songs and I didn't really care for the the concert where she came out during the uh, Hurricane Katrina relief. I really wanted it to just be the four of them, but seeing it live, I enjoyed it. So, go figure. And then Michael and Scott, now you guys a couple days later, right? It's 3 days point. off. We're ready right. to go. That's yeah. Right. And First Oakland really didn't appeal to the two of you, correct? Uh, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. We're uh, evaluating that, but yes. Without the outside pressure. It was lackluster, and it's funny that Tasula brought up Vegas 1 because I was back at the tunnel, and a guy said that... A guy before Oakland 2 said, I agree with you that Oakland 1 wasn't so good, but Vegas 1 was even worse. So that's the general consensus. So Tasula actually picked the right show to miss in Vegas, it sounds like. I think the second show is consistently better across the board, but maybe that's another discussion. Yeah, although Dan just yeah. told us his first one was... No, I do think LA, I think if you talk to people that saw both L.A.s, they would agree that L.A. won Larry's birthday was the better. But I think there that had yeah. something, without yeah. being there, I think that had something to do with it because the band was right. in a party mood. Well, but yeah. then the exit, you know, the exit band came up on stage and all that stuff that really really kind of pushed it it was already a very good show and then the last five six songs plus happy birthday to larry and all that just pushed it over the edge so anyway yeah, what's interesting with the the oakland one set list was pretty much identical to um the uh the vegas two set list i mean all the comments especially like when we saw sherry mentioning that the great uh kind of um presence of all the Octone Baby songs and things like that. I mean, we had that too in Oakland 1, but it was still something missing. And Michael and I have talked about this. I mean, it wasn't anything about the music necessarily or the set list. And it's very hard to put our fingers on what it was that was missing. I don't know if it was some interaction with the crowd. Um, it's that, a vibe. 
yeah, it's, it's there or it's not. It's an un, it's an intangible too. I don't know how to to describe it. It's very hard when people ask you, well, why was this one better or that why was this one worse? I oftentimes can't can't explain it. There's been other talk today. Um, H.W. I'm going to use his initials on exit. Was talking about even on the train up for the second show, the vibe on the train was different. Yeah. Like, I, how does that happen? That everyone decides that they're going to be not into a show on the same day, or whatever, and then the next day go, you know what? This time we really mean it. The line wasn't exciting, even though you know Oakland too. It was raining, and the line was happier. Um, my friend that can't see said everything sounded great both days, but even he felt something was missing the first day. And he can only hear it, so he can't even blame it on the lights. So I don't know <laughs> that it is goofy. And Scott and I ended up standing literally in the exact same position for both of them. <laughs> but the second one was completely different from the first notes. From, actually, from, from Wake Up, from Arcade Fire. Wake Up, that very moment. You could tell. And it wasn't just inside us that we wanted something better, but everybody's singing along. There's people doing the Olay chant. Um, nobody's... You know, yelling, Bono! You know, no drunk people were in the, you know, around us at least. Well, one of them got ejected, right? Is that yeah, yeah. Well, he was a yeah. water sprayer. We don't know if he drank, actually. <laughs> and you know, the flags didn't work, and you still liked it better. Yes, the flags didn't come down for uh, streets, but still. That was fantastic, actually. That was actually great, yeah. That was, and we <laughs> want to thank whoever's lighting right now. I was really hoping that the, um, the lighting crew, because I guess Willie's not there anymore right now, was going to take that opportunity and actually put the lights on at the start, as we are used to from prior tours. But uh, that didn't happen. But still, Maybe they were trying like, to do that last night, and it malfunctioned. That would have been the time to do it, exactly. Yeah. But um, but it was great without the flags, actually. It without was the really flags. Good. Bono was adding different snippets and more often, and you know, not the same three that you always hear. We got Clash, and we got Rockaway Beach. Um, but those alone don't make a good show either. It's not like that's alone. That's going to do it. It's not second show isn't always best, like Dan brought up. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, if you look at things, I mean, they I mean, they played One Tree Hill, or a snippet of it at least, on uh, the first night. Wouldn't have that, like, brought that show into the stratosphere? Yeah, any other day that would be my show of the, of exactly. the leg at least, right? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they played that. But it, it didn't even... It didn't even cause elevation. Is it the whole connoisseur thing, though? Because we, you know, it's, I think of that, um, we're like wine drinkers in a way, you know? We take a little <laughs> sip and we smell it. And we, kind of, we know so much about the shows. Was it the same for the average person that was there? Did you talk to any other people around you who maybe weren't as hardcore that really felt that the first night was bad and the second one was good or what? You know what I'm saying? That's the question of the last 24 hours. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe, Dan. Yeah. on other lists that we're all trying to argue about. That's the question. Now, the guy, the Mercury News guy, he reviewed night one saying it was, he had tears in his eyes, was one of the greatest things he'd ever seen. Um, at the end of 40, he couldn't believe the crowd was still singing. What did you say? And much better than the San Jose shows earlier in the year. Yeah, so he's obviously wrong, first of all. Brad Kava, <laughs> love to read you, but uh, no, in this case, not. And I had to tell everybody at work today, no, he's wrong. He, uh, you know, or to, in my eyes, he saw the lesser of the two. But you're right. The single Cindy Q fan or whatever Scott keeps saying may have had the greatest time of her life up there. So maybe they do the one show for everyone and then one show for just us. Maybe that's I, you part know, of their I, I don't. I can't yeah. think. I can't see that they plan that. that. Yeah, I don't think that's a 
I just don't think that that's possible. I don't, you know, but I, don't, I don't, you, don't you think looking back at the first show set lists, though, they are a bit safer across the board? Am I the only one uh, who thinks that? <laughs> I, I find I'm more sure. snippets. I'm not so sure. I mean, I mean Chicago, Chicago one of the second leg was when they broke out the acoustic walk on the first time. Um, that kind of blew me away. I had no idea that I was getting. Yeah. That was the first show of, uh, that I saw of this leg, and it it would it, that made that show. It was unbelievable. But I think they were paying back a reviewer in that city. But that's again, that's, that's a personal true. opinion. That's true. I I don't know. That just seems way too intentional. Why would you make it so? Hey, let's have our first show be the easy one, and the, or or the standard one, and the second show be, you know, I mean, is there some kind of thought process that thinks that the the whatever, the quote-unquote uber fans are going to be more prevalent <laughs> at the second show? How does that work? No, I think they'd be more prevalent at the first show. You'd if think that. A harder ticket to get, maybe, and they would try well, hard. That's but true. That's, that's a good point. Scott, remember when we, we got in and that that buzzed girl from Chico was yeah. asking us how the night before was, remember? And we, and we, we, didn't, we know didn't know how to answer, <laughs> yep. right? We we said something. I mean, I remember saying specifically, "You'll love tonight. It's going to yeah. be the greatest we, thing you've ever seen." <laughs> Without answering that, last night wasn't the greatest thing we'd ever seen. But whenever you see someone like that, you're going to say, "You got to go. It's going to be so great. Um, you'll see things you've never seen, and the lights are spectacular, and all that." But if you talk to one of us, you would actually say, "But it wasn't that great." So yeah. even we answer the question differently. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, we are all relatively spoiled when it comes to this stuff. I mean, for sure. We have seen them so many times collectively and, uh, you know, go to great lengths to see them. Uh, but I, I'm not trying to say that, like, just because we're there all the time, we deserve a better show. I think that gets kind of misconstrued sometimes. But I, I, I think that we can easily say that this is a relatively good show or a bad show. Much more we have more to compare it to, yeah. And compared to any other artist, perhaps, we could say they're all, I would argue in some ways, they're all better. Does that oh, make yeah. sense? Right. Two shows. U2 on the worst yes. night is better than 90% of the bands out there. That's right. exactly right. Saying it's a poor U2 show is, is I mean, Somebody has to be taken within get, the context yeah. of what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still a, you know, the number one way that pretty much all of us choose to spend our time, our money, and our ener- energies. Right. So... Well said, Scott. Yes. Absolutely. And the crowd goes wild. Yeah. yeah. That's where you insert the crowd noise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, so the response to that is always, well, you poor baby, I'll take your ticket for the next time. Yeah, and that's not and the go, kind no. of response I want to elicit from that. And that's, I mean, I don't know. I guess you're going to get that. We've got a wide audience. You're going to get some of that. Yeah. You know, here's another point, too, is that I think a lot of the YouTube fans, even some have been mentioning it, and I haven't heard this in a long time, that they're kind of burnt out. I think some of us get burnt out by seeing, you know, we've kind of got this down to a system where we can get tickets somehow or another. And we figured out all the methods to do that. So if we're seeing seven or eight or ten shows, part of that could come down to the fact that we're seeing seven or eight or ten shows. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, or that one time they played that one snippet we've been waiting our whole life for. How can it possibly live up to that? You know, I was thinking, Dan, I remember you saying, I didn't want you to tell me how much you liked the L.A. shows before I went, so I wouldn't be right. soiled. I hate that word, but I can't think of another one. <laughs> but you said something Painted. like, "They got, thank you, they got me back, or they, they yeah, convinced they me again. You said something like that. So I went into Oakland, one, going, you know what, they got to get me back, because I'm not having a good day, and, you know, I'm tired already, the show hasn't started, and they didn't. 
So I'm blaming you, Dan, is what I'm saying. Right. I, want my, I want my 5250 from you. But what's interesting is you and I had the exact same experience that first night, except mine was exactly the opposite outcome. Yeah. You came out changed, and I came out, like, actually gr- grumpier. Like, I can't, you know, <laughs> damn it. You were worried, like. Yes. I was, I was, yeah, I was actually, seriously, this is going to sound, and, you know, Stacy fan may want to tune out now. I was afraid it was over. Like, seriously, the, the romance was over. They had broken up with me. When we cruised in Wednesday, like, oh, man, you know, like, okay, first of all, you know, it can't be as bad as last night. You know, we're trying to find all these excuses for why it's going to be good on Wednesday. And we didn't need them, it turned out, from the second we got there. But really, I thought it was over. I really thought, like, well, I'll do Portland, and that's it. it was, it's been a good run. 21 years, not to date myself, is a pretty good run with anything, much less a band. So really, I would have said, thanks for the memories. See you guys later. I can keep my 50 bucks per show now. But it's interesting how quickly that changed for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. The, the lights weren't after even out after yet. all that time. That was a real quick change in your mind. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was scary. I got to tell you, you know, I can only tell you guys this. If I see right. anybody on the street, I'll deny it. But it was scary that anyone listening. You know, yeah, yeah it was all listening. over. That's okay. So that was yeah, it was scary, but then it came back, and you know, I was happy, and the same people were there both nights. So that isn't why, you know, it's. No one can. It's voodoo. I don't know. But what that's do. why we love them because yes. they will always bring us back, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Well, so far, I, I would think some people that's have right. not been so brought far. back. Right? I'm that's always true. hopeful. Let's move on. Thank yes. you, Dan. All right, there. We, whew, yes. There we go. Rolling Stone interview. Oh yeah. I I just um, I'm really kind of fascinated by it. I I don't know if you guys have heard all. Have you all heard all three parts? Oh, I, I didn't know there I was a the, third. I didn't right. either. I heard the first two. All right, I'll do the summary. I've part one was two. was 70 minutes. Right. And yes. woohoo, an hour and 10 minutes. Part two was two minutes and 30 <laughs> seconds. That was basically, and, that was the sunglass one, right? Yeah, but I figured <laughs> yeah. out why, actually. They've been very nice, and we've, we've actually had an email conversation with them. And basically, the guy that kind of runs the thing or whatever said to me, well, it didn't fit anywhere else. So we just put it out as a little teaser kind of thing. So that that was the the explanation of that. I think it freaked out a lot of the U2 fans, though, to have episode one be 70 minutes and episode two be two and a half. Yeah. Uh, and then episode three came out, which is about 25 minutes. And that's kind of on the uh, Africa, Bush, Iraq kind of thing. All right. So first one's early influences, childhood memories, uh, Bono growing up. Second one's the sunglass thing. And the third one's kind of politics, let's say. Is that the conclusion or is there another? No, I well, they've... I asked them about how many episodes they're going to have, and they didn't really have a specific number. I do know they have 10 hours of wow. recordings. Now, you take out long pauses, tape flips, and personal stuff. They said they weren't going to put anything personal in. So mm. let's say Bono's family comes in for a couple minutes. That's not going to make the podcast. Mm. But they're not specific mm. on the number. But they, I think they're implying that they're going to be more. Cool. And I'd love to see, yeah. you know all eight hours or once it's edited down, but who knows what they're going to do. Uh, that'd just be a really interesting, you know, regardless of if it's Bono or not, just to hear the idea of an audio uh, interview translated to, to paper. Right. What they said they're going to do is this is the first of a series. That is, every time they do one of these kind of marquee cover interviews, they're going to release the podcast a couple days later or whatever. So this is the start of a trend, and Bono's the the big start of this trend. So, I I, I was re- I'm really happy about it. I, I think it's kind of a cool development. I'd like to see a lot more of these magazines doing this kind of stuff. Because you know I'm a geek for audio interviews, right? Yes, it is a great idea too. I would burn, here, I'd burn Bono to CD and keep it after this. I mean, 
Yeah. That's exciting. It'll be available at YouTube Source, I would think, for quite a while, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right. Well, I'm not going to put up their podcast, no. I, I don't want to do that right away. At some later date, if they yeah. take it down, yeah. I may uh, beg and plead that I can put it up. But uh, for now, it's their their ball game. Yeah. Um, there was one comment that – well, there was actually a few. I actually just finished this interview today on the plane coming back from the Oakland shows. The audio version or oh, the no, text version? Oh, no, just the, the written version. I only, I've heard the, the first audio uh, portion and the second. I haven't heard the third one yet. Um, but I thought there was a few you know, specifically revealing things that kind of cleared up a few things that there's always been a little bit of discussion or argument over, um, for lack of a better word. One of them in particular being uh, the um, inspiration for the song One. I don't know, have, have you all read the article? I, I did. Um, I, I did not. Well, he specifically points a, a conversation between um, a father and his son who is uh, coming out for the first time and how difficult that is. And there's always been you know, a lot of um, discussion over whether it's about um, uh, something related to that, whether it's more of a breakup song between a man and a woman. What is it about? And so I thought it was just interesting that you know, Bono would actually let us in on more definitive um, explanation of what that song was about since uh, it's a very all-encompassing song that pretty much anybody can make it into whatever they want no, to be. You're but right. Which, which is the but beauty of it. it has, isn't he contradicting himself, though? Because the legends, the VH1 legends, I swear to you he says that it's about the relationships in the band. I, I would go turn it on if I had time. But I, I, I don't recall. It, it could very well be. I mean, Bono. I think there's a you know, quote in there about that. Bono isn't the most consistent of. Uh, <laughs> exactly, and it could be about both. I mean, you know, there's nothing yeah. that says that it's not. But there's another reason, though, and that is he talked. Edge has talked about this that that Bono can't do just one idea in a song. Exactly. Maybe you remember that quote that he'll talk about five, six things in the same song. Yeah. So I think it's very conceivable that it's all those things. Sure. And they won't know what a song is about until it's actually kind of played out. Well, they made three videos for it, for God's yeah, sake. I mean, exactly. But I just thought that was interesting, though, that he would put such a kind of a definitive spin on something. I've but, never really heard that before from him. Uh, yeah, Scott, just that, that takes the mystery out. We can't interpret it our, ourselves now. Well, I can because I haven't read the part of the article. But now Scott's thinking that when he hears it, <laughs> all the thoughts he had about it beforehand. Haven't you bought the Niall Stokes head, Scott, book? But... Don't, haven't you read the Niall Stokes book that tells all the songs uh, and what course. they're about? No, Although, I have The meaning... Into the heart or whatever, yeah. That kind of that'll that'll burst your bubble in a few places as well. Really? Well, yeah. is that from a a perspective of actual knowledge that he has, or is that like his interpretation of things? No, no, no. It's an it's interviews with Bono. The whole. Oh, is it? Okay, I haven't read yeah. it. I can go grab it. And, and that's why you're here, <laughs> you Tasula, because you you're like the librarian. One? Yeah, I am yeah. the librarian. Damn, I haven't read that. I guess I didn't deserve to be in the ellipse last night. <laughs> <laughs> you, better, you better get that yeah. status. If Tasula's there and you're there, Scott, now she wins. I'm Forget in, yeah. yeah. Okay, so none of you have heard the third part of the podcast, right? Right. There's some. It's really kind of interesting in a way for the following reasons. Um, it's all about politics and stuff, and Jan Winter comes in, as you might be surprised to learn, with a kind of a point of view. Does that make sense? An yes. anti-Bush kind of point of view. Yeah. And he is – and it's really a great interview because most interviewers I think are pretty softball with Bono. They just kind of, oh, great. This Africa stuff's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And he was hammering away in the third part of the uh, podcast 
on, you know, why do you support Bush? And he even says, a lot of people think you've made a deal with the devil and things like this. And it was really interesting to listen to Bono rather than maybe read, but listen to him kind of dance around that. Yes. And he also kind of cornered him on Iraq, too, because he said to him, you know, point blank, do the, does the Bush administration know how you feel about Iraq? And Bono said, you know, it's and this is, I think, news as well. He said, they know they know exactly how I feel about it. They know I don't agree with it. And re you remember, he hasn't really said much about that. Oh, that's true. So I think that was a bit of a, a revelation as well that he, Jan Winter really pressed him on a couple of issues in that third episode. It's a very interesting listen. I think no, part of good. that, part of that in the actual uh, magazine, if I remember correctly, Bono's way of kind of getting his graceful way of being quotable is to say, "Well, you only need to agree with someone or agree with someone about one thing to be able to get along with them." And so you look past the other things if you've just got. And he, he'll just keep saying his focus, his goals are Africa. So yeah. if they can agree on that, then right. And he's made a conscious choice right. to not to not harp on that. To put that issue aside, even though they disagree, in order to uh, address move forward the more, on the other. Yeah, the more world, you know, the, the larger issue in his eyes. Right. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet, Dan, but I just read that part this morning, and I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It was interesting because, in a way, too, um, Jan also kind of. It'll be interesting to hear it, but he came across a little bit on paper as kind of like trying to get Bono to be like, "Oh, come on, you, you know." He was. You, yeah. you know, you really – be honest with us, essentially. We're not, I'm not going to let you off the hook here by saying, uh, you know, giving us the typical diplomatic response. Any, is he getting any mechanical help with Miss Sarajevo? No. 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 Because it's different. No, it's different. <laughs> well, Scott, Scott kind of proved it on exit. Right. We had that discussion. Yeah. Absolutely Scott, you not. talk about that, Scott. You were the one that really kind of, I think, came through and explained that to everybody in a logical way. Um, I don't recall exactly what I said. You were talking that. about that 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 kind of people think that that's an amazing trick to do with your voice. Well, yeah, I'm quoting you now to yourself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But that it, in fact it's not that difficult of a thing to do. Well, it's it's a different style. I mean, it's you kind of just get into a different character to do that. Um, he's putting on and you know the operatic kind of kind of voice. It comes from a deep kind of place in the gut and pretty much any singer can kind of do the rock voice versus that voice um and that's easier for it's him not particularly falsetto. yeah i mean it's not a particularly high note it's a high note he's hitting he's extending it for a long time but it's no higher than you know some of the notes he hits in bad or or whatever else it might be so um it's impressive don't get me wrong but it's not so impressive that uh there's the need for a backing track or anything else on it that I'm, you know, I'm I'm a hundred percent on that because I've heard many versions of it now on both on bootleg and in in yeah. uh, front of me and they're all different. He so, stammers uh, too much. I mean, he he really changes the phrasing sometimes. Yeah, There's exactly. no way that that could be taped. Sorry, sure. Mike. And I, I in L.A. I was standing, you know, fifteen feet away from him, watching him do it. Yeah. And it synced. It was perfect. Yeah. So I I really don't think there was anything there. Yeah, I don't even know where that came from initially. Really. I'm I wasn't saying taped. I, I don't know. Well, what electronically or no, no, a certain kind of yeah, a certain kind of oh. effect. Right. And I'm, remember that, <laughs> Tassila, What's that movie where the Castrados sang and they they ended up the soundtrack was actually made from it. It was like a fictional movie. Oh gosh. Right, and the soundtrack was made by like four singers that they computer combined into mm -hmm. one, and it, so nobody could actually sing that perfectly. Mm 
but right. it sounded like there was it was human still. I'm, right. <laughs> he's like a machine, but he's human. No, so I was thinking Bono might have some an effect oh. that would take away any kind of hesitancy in the voice by echoing the note or something. Okay. But if but if if Scott if Scott if Uber musical. <laughs> you two sounds Scott Peretta says no and I was standing there staring I mean you know staring yeah. right at his mouth like as he did these last night if I'm not mistaken um, I don't know maybe it's I'm just, just jealous like sometimes remember at the very beginning of the tour um, what was yeah, it he, Saturday Night Live he didn't hit the sometimes note so everybody yeah. the first few shows was like, he's not going to hit that that's got to be a recording and it's not yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I completely fall for that one I don't know why I can't fall for this other one <laughs> Well, here's here's Jan Winner's little intro thing, and we'll see okay. if any conversation comes out of that. And then I have a couple more clips. Okay. So here's what he said as the intro. You know, we just sat sat down, just started to talk. He likes to talk. He talks brilliantly. They got ten hours of taping. It's a pretty exceptional interview. He's an exceptionally eloquent man of, of passion and conscience and the gift of words and an inspired band, a great musician, songwriter, and a man with a mission. So I think he would have liked o- Oakland one probably, <laughs> based yes. on that fl- that flowing intro. But you know, you know what's funny about that though that uh, something did strike me about that, and I thought of this when I heard that the first time. Um, he is an extremely eloquent person, and he, he does have the yeah. gift of gab, as he says every now and then. But you know what? He he stumbles a lot of the time too. Yeah. You ever notice that he's he's yeah. very much like he'll say three or four words in a row and then kind of take a long pause, not know where to go next. and I think that's uh, just kind of the way he talks, but he eventually yeah. really gets to an incredibly intelligent point. Yeah. Exactly. But Words it's, are coming out of his mouth while he's thinking, yep. right? And that, that I think that sunglass clip would have been like a minute long had he not stammered in that. Like, why do you wear sunglasses? Right? And he's all, um, I, uh, well, <laughs> I have many reasons. Some of them ridiculous. Some of them, right? It took him like a half yeah. hour to answer that. Like, what'd you have for breakfast? Well, I may have had Wheaties, and I'll tell you why later. Let me lucky think of clovers. a reason why. I think he had lucky clovers that day. <laughs> I think, okay. Yeah, that's right. Let's try another one here. Let's see what else we can get. Where do you get those sunglasses? Oh. Don't you love that? Oh. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> like, I've never expected that. I've never gotten that question before. Thank you, Jan. You're the first one that's ever asked. It's wow. funny, though. His answer on that one has changed. It's, um, uh, you know, privacy. It's uh, Now it's a medical reason, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. My yeah, eyes. Right. The flash in my eyes. Allergies. Blockage. Allergies. Blockage. Yeah. By the I way, also... allergies, allergies is the excuse every high high school kid has ever used. Like, why his eyes were red. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just saying, no offense, Bono. Okay. So here, here comes some of the more interesting ones from part three, the part you guys haven't heard, so you might right. enjoy this. Let's see. I'm pursuing a line here, which is that you're getting criticized for making a deal with Bush. Mm-hmm. There's cynicism about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that maybe you've made a deal with the devil here. I don't support any uh, uh, president, whether from the left or from the right. So there you go, with the whole just trying to kind of dance around it, but... I don't support any president from the left or the right. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. Doesn't but, he follow uh, that on with saying that he supports actions or, or yeah. something? Uh, I forget exactly what he said, but I remember that part. where. But I understand the distinction between you don't have to support the man, but you can support the... The right. issue. I, what I like about Bono on this thing is he's just focused on this one issue. I think when he says, you know, I believe that I'm speaking for these people, he really does. Absolutely. And so he doesn't care about all the rest of it. 
And he just he stays like kind of laser like focus on this topic, and he can. I think he can meet with Bush or whoever and say, "Okay, I don't really care about the rest of what you care about. I, you know, this is my focus. This is the issue." So then the, this last little clip is where he goes after him a little bit on Iraq. Now you can't criticize them on the war in Iraq. It, it, they, everyone in the administration knows how I feel about the war in Iraq. Everyone knows. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, we were straight up about it. So it, it was, that was the most interesting part of the interview to me was that, that Jan was really pushing him. They, he asked him that same question four or five different ways. And it was really interesting to listen to Bono's voice kind of rise and rise and rise <laughs> to yeah. that question. A little tension there, I think. But I don't remember him ever saying any time recently that he was opposed to the war, but he does kind of say that. Now, did that show up in the print article, too? Yes. I can go get it, but I, I think yeah. so, yeah. Because I haven't actually read the print version yet. But right. anyway, all in all, I just thought that was an amazing mm-hmm. interview, the whole thing. I'm looking forward to if they're going to have uh, future episodes. We'll find out. Yeah, you know, the, the one disappointing thing to me about the interview what it, was that it was much more about Bono, the activist, than Bono, the uh, the YouTube member. And um, Given that and, it's Rolling Stone, that's not surprising to me, though. Yeah, not at all, not yeah. at all. But I would have liked to have heard a bit more insight on, I don't know, the tour or, you know, why they don't change the set list very often. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody go with them with that question? Well, we still got another, uh, what, seven hours left, so who knows? Maybe those things will come up. But That's true. It, it's, spe- it's also on the heels of the the New York Times Magazine article, which was yeah. you know along similar lines where music was hardly brought up at all. Plus, so, wouldn't you rather have the whole band interviewed by Jan if it's it, going to be music? Is that a danger now, though, for Bono, that every time he's interviewed, it's going to be Africa and very little of you, too? Well, look what happened on Conan O'Brien. It was exactly that. They had you 2 come out for the first segment, and then they had Bono come out as the activist for the second segment. What else is in the news? Uh, the Chicago DVD coming out soon. Is that exciting to anybody? Scott, what did you say last night? He, he brought up something really good. We're yeah, you know, I... Well, yeah, I'm excited about it. Sure, anything that you 2 comes yeah. out with, I'm going to... We'll get it. it. Make right. no mistake, it's, it's in the queue right now. Right. Yep. Go ahead. And... Um, the only thing that I'm a little disappointed about, and I was surprised when I, we found out that they were going to be filming that show, was how early it was in the tour. I just don't think that they hit their stride and the best set of songs and the best way to present them until much later. Uh, so I kind of I feel like we're going to get a, a, a tour document which is not representative of kind of the true high that the, the tour was at, at certain points. Now, what happened to Milan, too? Didn't they, as yeah. I recall, they filmed that? Well, they filmed part of Seattle. They filmed, filmed part of Vancouver. And Dublin. I was hoping maybe they were going to turn Dublin it into too, too. Yeah. a rattle and hum sort of thing where they went back to a lot of cities. Wouldn't that be great to have different snippets from the different parts of the tour and different parts of the world, for that matter? But I guess not. <laughs> yeah. I think the reason why they had to do it early, though, was very simple. Just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Just in time for the holiday shopping season. Well, what were the what were the dates of the recordings? Like, what month were we back then? You may know. May, right? Yeah, May, May. wasn't it? All right. Because it was right after. Yeah, it was right after Vancouver. Vancouver was, or April 29th was the last Vancouver show. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you go back and you look at the set list that's played too, compared to say the Elevation tour or or others, there's there's just a lot of overlap. I'm surprised nobody looks at this. You know, like, wait a minute, the last DVD we put out kind of 
had all these kind of same standards. How about we wait until we put it, we start playing Miss Sarajevo or something like that? But remember, maybe we'll get a slain. You know, remember we yeah. had Boston and then Very we had true. slain. Very true. And now we get a Tokyo or some or That's Asian thing. Well, not Australia again, I bet, but maybe Tokyo, yeah. Well, the listing talks about Japan, New Zealand, Australia, Mexico, and South America is what's been talked about. I don't South know if all those nice. places are confirmed, but that's what I've been reading around the net. Yeah. Exciting. It's way yep. too U.S. centric, and we live that's in true. the U.S. Yeah. That's true. So, so good on all of you Australian people. Good, good on, on you. That's, I believe that's what they say. <laughs> and have you guys heard about the uh, disappointment in the Live Eight DVD? I just read about that today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Crazy. What is it? I haven't heard. All of the U2 performance is actually not included. The songs oh. are included, but the, the talk in between, which was actually kind of important that day. <laughs> in, kind of the reason for the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. In London, uh, they, cut out, they cut out the whole uh, Bono speech. They cut out, I guess, part of Unchained Melody or all of Unchained Melody. I'm not sure. All of it, I heard, yeah. All of it, really. Yeah, it's disappointing. And, you know, I can say that because I was there. <laughs> that it was, it, it wouldn't have been the same show without that dialogue, to be honest. The only other thing I, that I saw that was kind of cool to me that just made me laugh a little bit was, you know, the Coldplay U2 comparisons? Yes. Mm -hmm. So who filmed their latest video? Anton? Mm-hmm. And, right? and Anton calls it black and white and slightly strange. So. <laughs> Good. They're in drag. Well, yeah, exactly. Chris That's what I'm wondering. Are they going to be in drag with little uh, Trabants driving around or what? No, I think Chris is going to be in a bathtub on a beach. Cause yeah. He, he was quoted as saying something to the effect of, well, we really liked U2's last video, and that would have been Electrical Storm. Now, I'm not trying to give them a hard time. I think Coldplay's brilliant, but uh, the comparisons are mounting is what they I'm They set saying. themselves up for, you know, even having the Beatles play them on, right? Yeah, that makes me nuts. YouTube Chatcast is a production of U2Source.com. Special thanks to our Chatcast panel and guests. For questions, comments, and topic ideas, send an email to chatcast at U2Source.com or send a voicemail to Skype user U2Chatcast. By sending us an email or voicemail, you agree that it may appear on the show. Show notes and downloads are available at U2Source.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. We need, we need another picture of Mono drumming, really. That's what, <laughs> All right, if, if you could, yeah, go ahead and jostle me out of the way, buddy, so you can get the picture of, of him drumming. Someone should just make that. a website of that, just bonodrumming.com. Bonodrumming.com? Yeah. Get to it, Dan, quickly. Okay. Yeah. Get that, secure it. the domain.